She can STEM, so can you. Check out She Can STEM for more stories and inspiration. A message from the Ad Council. Early break with Sip and Jake. Pleased and honored to be joined by Nebraska volleyball coach John Cook. If Trev wasn't interested, I would have done it in a heartbeat because I just felt like Nebraska athletic. We were at a, at a, off the edge of the cliff. You know, we had to do something to get somebody in here to build this athletic department back up. I thank my, thank my lucky stars every day that Trev's our, our guy now. Early break with Sip and Jake from 6 to 8 every weekday morning on 93.7 The Ticket. Southeast Community College has learning centers in Falls City, Hebron, Nebraska City, Plattsmouth, Wahoo, and York so that you can take credit and non-credit classes at a center nearby without having to travel an hour or more to campus. By taking online classes and those at a learning center, you can earn your degree from SEC where and when it's convenient for you, all at a cost that won't stand in the way of your education. Learn more about SCC's learning centers at southeast.edu slash learning centers. SCC, your path to possible. Shopping for insurance can be a tedious and frustrating task, but the agents at Brokers Insurance Agency will do the work for you. They have partnered with over 20 of the best insurance carriers in the nation, which allows them to do the shopping all for you. Whether you're looking for business insurance or employee benefits for your company, or you're looking to save money on your home and auto insurance, Brokers Insurance Agency has the agents and solutions to help meet your goals. Call 402-420-5353 or email staff at brokersinsurancene.com. Fruitcakes are just for Christmas, right? Gosh, I feel sorry for you. I mean, what if we had done that with bacon? Bacon is only for breakfast. We'd never have bacon cheeseburgers. We'd never be able to save a salad by adding bacon bits. We'd never have Brinner. That's breakfast for dinner. Don't limit yourself. Fruitcakes for St. Patrick's Day. Fruitcakes for graduation. Fruitcakes for Thursday. Beatrice Bakery and Grandma's Fruitcakes are perfect for every occasion. Check them out in downtown Beatrice or online at BeatriceBakery.com. Welcome to our world of yum. You want to feel important. You want to be a part of something bigger, something that matters and can help change things. You want to feel like you belong. We know. We felt that way, too. And that's why we did something about it. We aren't just Army National Guard soldiers. We are normal people just like you. And together, we can make a difference. Take on your legacy. Visit NationalGuard.com to find out more. Sponsored by the Nebraska Army National Guard. Aired by the Nebraska Broadcasters Association at this station. This is Lincoln's home for sports talk on the FM dial. Also online at theticketfm.com. On the internet. KNTK FM Firth. 93.7 The Ticket. This is On the Block with Stricken Bach. Nebraska Basketball Hall of Famer and nine-year NBA vet, Eric Strickland. Strickland for three. And you're going to go out of here. The 93.7 The Ticket veteran and Bill Callahan fan club president, Jake Bakovin. I love Billy. Coming at you live from the Koppel Chevrolet GMC studios in the heart of Lincoln, America. On air and online at theticketfm.com. Sponsored by the Mercado by certified Piedmontese. This is On the Block with Stricken Bach. Hold up.
This is On the Block here on 93.7 The Ticket. I'm Jake Falkovan. He is Eric Strickland. And we give this uh, show to you every day of the week, except for the weekend. We'd like to take some time off, but we usually don't even take that time off. We go and uh, cover Husker basketball. Uh, Husker basketball on the men's side has not been too good as of late, but we're going to celebrate the women's big victory last night, a 72-55 to victory over number 5 Indiana as the Huskers get their second big top 10 victory of the year. They also beat number eight Michigan at one point in the year, 79 uh, to 58. So they're not just beating top 10 teams. They're destroying them. Uh, Strick, how's it going today? I did also want to, to, to let you know this as, as far as so you don't have to feel bad for us. It's supposed to be 65 degrees here in February in Lincoln, Nebraska. So we, we're feeling pretty good. And you should be because you're equal to what I'm doing out here in Florida right now. So you should be excited <laughs> about that. There's no question. Um, truly, truly, what a wonderful and remarkable thing to watch the women get it done, uh, to take care of home, to be scrappy, to hustle and, 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 and provide the type of showing that is, is, is deserving for the Husker crowd and I'm, I'm, I, I hope it was full. I, I'm pretty sure they showed up and showed out for the ladies and gave them everything they needed in order to, uh, you know, put in that work. The one thing I will say that I love about it, Bachman, is I love the balance. That means that they're playing together. They're playing as, as units. Uh, you're not seeing just these over domineering, even though they have those type of players uh, on their team. Um, you know, then you're seeing just wonderful stories like uh, Big Ten Freshman of the Year candidate, you know, Alexis Markowski. Uh, obviously, we had her father on as well, you know, making contributions, 10 points and 15 rebounds. And then you're seeing the the, the regulars, you know, Hybe and, and Shelly doing what they do, leading the team and, and making it happen there. And, and you know, just putting together just a wonderful run. Just got to be so proud of Amy, Amy Williams and, and what they're doing there um, uh, for the university and, uh, you know, snapping um, a, a, a number five team in the countries uh, uh, who thought they would probably come in there and get a win, and they, 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 they had something different to say about it. Yeah, and for what it's worth, we already mentioned the victory over Michigan. Indiana and Michigan, uh, even with that loss, still sitting on top of the, the standings. Indiana still in first place at 10-2, and two, so that uh, will reflect well on Nebraska. Now 8-6 and six in the conference. Uh, that is good for sixth right now uh, as they continue to, to try to, to, to finish this season off. Um, you mentioned it there. I mean, it was just kind of a Combined effort, Jazz Shelby, Sam Hybe both led the way with 14 points for the Huskers. Markowski, 10 points, 15 rebounds. Uh, always a beast on the boards there. 10 points for Izzy Bourne. Uh, you know, so it's just a, a very good uh, group effort as well as, you know, 18 points off the bench. So uh, it, was, it, was, it was fun to watch Nebraska get the big win, 72-55 over Indiana. And maybe what's more exciting um, – was the fact that kind of Nebraska had to know that that was their last big chance, at least before Big Ten tournament play, to get that monumental victory. You want to you want yeah. to go out there and prove that that Michigan game was not a fluke, that it wasn't Michigan overlooking you or anything like that. And they absolutely did that last night. Uh, now they have at Penn State, against Minnesota, at Wisconsin, and against Northwestern to finish out the schedule. They've already beaten the first three teams that I mentioned there. Northwestern will be the first time they match up with them, but um, Northwestern obviously isn't the beast uh, that in 
Indiana and Michigan have been in the past. So, so uh, Nebraska basketball hopefully can finish out on a six-game winning streak or at least, you know, win three of those four down the stretch. Uh, and uh, they're obviously squarely in looking like they're going to be in the NCAA tournament this year for the first time in Amy Williams' tenure. And I'm sure everybody, whether it's looking into the second round or whoever it's the matchup in the first round, is going to take Nebraska quite seriously if they can knock off top 10 teams. Um, they're, they're the team that you don't want to see in the tournament, so to speak. Yeah, there's no question. You know, getting those those uh, top tier, those um, uh, first quad victories are are huge when you're looking for tournament entrance into the uh, NCAA tournament. Obviously, they want to show well in the Big Ten uh, tournament as well, uh, have a good run there just to make it and solidify it. But one of the things that I find very interesting as I look into uh, the women's team, and I have looked into them a little bit, I love what they're doing, but 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 here's the contrast that we see, right? You know, not only winning these two, they have uh, uh, 11, 12 wins over top 10 opponents in program history. That's that's phenomenal. I think that's just that's and that's going back to 2004. I think that's yeah. that's what we're hoping and we we're wishing and we thought we would hopefully be able to see out of the men's team. But the women's team are, are actually providing um, just just like going into a movie and sitting down at like a studio movie grill or something and just having a meal and watching a good show. The ladies are providing that right there right now uh, on top of and on par with what the um, you know, the other programs and the successes that they've had, especially in volleyball, you know, they're providing the campus, the campus flavor right now. And so it's good to see them do it and do it well. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, great job for Nebraska basketball, uh, women's basketball, getting the win. Head to the uh, Sarder Heyman text line, and it's good to see somebody mention a season ticket holder in, in a good light. You know, obviously, obviously going to the Nebraska men's basketball program. I've heard a lot of uh, people complaining and saying that they might not repurchase them next year. But Salmon says, hey, Bach, my wife and I were at the game last night. That place was rocking more than once. We bought season tickets for the first time this year. And let me tell you, it was money well spent. So that's very cool to hear Sandman uh, Thanks for, for sending that in as well. Um, as we as we kind of shift the conversation here in a second, I, I want to get to kind of a bigger uh, picture discussion for women's basketball um, overall. Um, but before we get there, and, and we, we've pretty much avoided putting it down on the rundown here is to mention men's basketball, but we kind of had an interesting spirited discussion uh, on the previous show about it, so I did want to get uh, your, your feelings there. Um, some people still kind of wary of that buyout. Do you think that it, it, it's kind of to the point um, – kind of like what Sip was saying the other day, that it might be uh, more damaging to the program to, to, <laughs> to keep Hoiberg around with the lack of interest that, that's falling there. Um, do you think that they're, that they're playing for that at the end? I, do, we, do, we, do we think that Hoiberg is probably clearly on the hot seat despite, despite that um, and, and maybe playing for his job down the stretch? Uh, or do you think that, that pretty much this season is what it is and there's not much left to, to, to show for it? And uh, regardless of that, they'll probably make their decision based on uh, mostly the results that they've seen already. Uh, I, being, being a believer, right? Um, I always believe that there's there's forgiveness, there's ways to salvage, there's ways to uh, take a different perspective, to have a different view, um, and and those things are okay. I, I think 
there are there are ways to be able to potentially salvage something. I, I don't want to say that anything or anyone is totally lost, right? I, I don't want to say a kid. I mean, I, at one point, I, I did some some subbing and in, in when I was in Texas and and uh, worked for with some special needs kids, right? Mm-hmm. And and a lot of the, a lot of the times they're put in a specific place and they're written off and they're you know just kind of just thrown to the side. But there's still a belief in that room that those kids can still make something of themselves. And we we were there to just kind of provide just that element of love and and grace and 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 just pouring into them a little bit, right? So I still think there is a way to make it look or to taste better than it does, right? If you if you eat a meal and it and it and it's it's unsavory to the taste, it's it just ugh, you know, there's ways to change that. You can go in and put some spice on it, you can put some hot sauce on it, you can put, you know, just a little something just to tang it up a little bit. It looks seems like it's really bland right now. So there's still some things that you can do to remedy the nasty taste that's in your mouth, right? And so that's the way I kind of look at it. I'm not looking at it. It's it's an it's a salvageable like to the to the point where you're looking at next year like yeah, yeah. this is it. But it's to a point to where you can say hmm, you know, just kind of make you say okay, there, there's there's something there. And uh, so that's kind of I think that's that's my perspective in looking at it from that angle. Yeah, and I I, I like that perspective because I think it, it 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 holds truth. I mean, if they win three out of the last six games, that has to change your mind on on where they are. Like you said, maybe it's it's not to the point of of completely believing in the program heading the right direction. But I'll tell you what, four and sixteen in conference play that's nobody's goal, but it's a heck of a lot better than one of 19 and just kind of flopping near the end and, and barely getting anything done. Uh, and in basketball, it, it, you know, kind of the beauty of the sport is <laughs> you could not win a game, uh, but come conference tournament play, you're, you're playing with your season on the line. You can Thanks. continue um, to make a run. I don't think that, you know, a lot of people um, believe that Nebraska basketball can get it done in, in that style of play, but hopefully they do in the locker room. I mean, hopefully they yeah. do think that they can uh, extend their season um, beyond the Big Ten tournament. So, uh, you yeah. know, there, there's yeah, – I mean, that all- happened in my senior season, Bach. I mean, in my senior season – it, it looked like it was going to be just, uh, uh, you know, senior season. We end up with 21 with twenty wins. <laughs> you know yeah. what I'm saying? I mean, we go on and we make a run and win, you know, six or so. Um, we lost a tough big, uh, big uh, eight tournament game. We played our butts off. I think we lost to Iowa State or, or it was either Iowa State or Kansas State. But we played our tails off. We just came up a little short in that game, but went on to the NIT and then end up with 20 wins. So, I mean – you know, it was salvaged. It, it yeah. looked like we turned what was a uh, uh, into a oh, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it and it did make a difference. So that's that's you know that's why I I personally don't don't look at it. I say same thing when I was with Dallas. I mean, the first half of the season was atrocious. It was terrible. Then we switch coaches, get Don Nelson in, and then we end up with this with the tie for the best record in the second half of the Western Conference with the Lakers, who were the champions. You know what I mean? So it's 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 just one of those things that can happen. 
Yeah, and, and hopefully Nebraska basketball can get it done. If not, um, you know, it, 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 it's again, I, I don't know how much we're going to talk about them until uh, Friday. We might <laughs> we might have to just because it's so interesting. Um, but I, I've noticed it, it's it, it's also somewhat uh, kind of depressing at some point. So, you know, hopefully they can get back on the winning side of things so it doesn't have to be so much, um, you know, toxicity around the, the topic, so to speak. Uh, let's get back into into women's basketball. I, it's just kind of something um, that's dawned on me. Of course, the, the UConn women um, have one of the best dynasties in, in all of sports um, but you have to wonder if it's it's coming to an end now they're still making final fours so they're they're far from out of the picture I think they're still in the top 10 as we speak right now but this is a, a far cry from the UConn team that was winning title after title after title um, and it's been a few years for them actually 2016 yeah. is the last time UConn uh, went undefeated in 2016 and won a title since then South Carolina Notre Dame Baylor and Stanford have all won uh, each respectively uh, the previous four uh, title tournament titles so I mean and th- the other thing is you know again they are getting to the final four UConn is always you know they're, they're kind of you know until last year I suppose somewhat like Duke basketball on the men's side um, where it, it, it they just have an aura about them and beating them always means something and it certainly still does too um, but you have to wonder if that if that dynasty is is somewhat winding down and then I, I just thought it was interesting kind of to compare to other dynasties uh, throughout sports because it has to be one of the best ones um, of all time and uh, yeah 10 championships in 18 years that's yeah. that's I don't care what, what, how you look at that that's phenomenal yeah and, and most of the time it's like it's like Saban too every time they're not going to the winning the championship they're in the final four so they're competing regardless um, it, it's got a little bit of competition even in women's basketball. Pat Summit was, uh, was yeah, around Summit, Tennessee. Yeah, before mm-hmm. Ariyama there. They won 6 out of 12 at one point um, between 1986 and 1998 and even two titles after that. I think 2006, 2007 uh, a few titles there as well. So it's got even some competition within the sport. But when I think about the all-time um, dynasties uh, there's two that come up and I already mentioned Nick Saban for a present dynasty. Amazing uh, what he was able to do but as far as just running off a bunch in a row you always have to go in my mind back to John Wooden uh, at UCLA who won 10 out of 12 Uh, remember the tournament only had like 25 teams in it so it was a little bit different (laughs) of a tournament setup but still doesn't matter you end end the day uh, hoisting up the trophy John Wooden every time and then the Celtics from the 50s uh, up to about 1970 they won 11 out of 13 uh, two of those with Bill Russell as a player coach so times have certainly changed uh, since then but uh, I mean, are there any other dynasties that come to mind for you um, when you think of UConn women's basketball, just to kind of, you know, put it in that in that same conversation? Well, I think uh, uh, Big Sky will be happy for for this particular one. I mean, I remember as a kid, I was living in Montana uh, back in those days. And so hockey was one of the things that was pretty, pretty relevant and always on the TVs. You know, we had the little push, the push uh, boxes where you push the number and the TV would come up. It wasn't, it wasn't cable like it is yeah. today, but it was, <laughs> you push the little number. We were blessed to have that. But, you know, I think you'd have to look at the uh, Edmonton Oilers, man. I mean, Buck, I mean, Big Sky would be happy to hear something like that. You got to look at the Edmonton Oilers and what they did, the dynasties of having the goat, Wayne Gretzky and, and all that he was able to do, putting up. 
up uh, five Stanley Cups in seven years, that's a phenomenal run in itself. Obviously, uh, that was prior. Some of that was prior to expansion. So, in a similar light, you you know you had them and that dominance there. And then uh, I, I think you you'd probably have to look at um, you know what you know the run of the of the '90s for the Huskers uh, was a great run. We'll talk a little bit more about that. I think uh, one of those teams in in, in the upcoming segment. Um, yeah, I think you, you have to look at, you know, definitely those, um, you got to look at the Patriots. I mean, you, you got, I mean, hate them or love them. You got to look at what they were able to put together in that run of almost 10 years, uh, there. So there's, there's definitely quite a few of them out there that, I mean, you got the, the, uh, Islanders also, which basically put Staten Island on the map with their runs, uh, as well. So, yeah, man, there's there's some there's some good ones out there, and um, there's some positive uh, dynasty. Some shorter than others, and some, uh, as we talked about with the the UCLA Bruins and, and the Boston Celtics, had a long standing yeah. run at it. Yeah, you know. it, it's tough to compare to those, but I mean, you even think of kind of the Patriots remind me because they're always in the picture, um, and they would they never like won like three years in a row or, or anything like that. So you know that that kind of so no, you got to look at the Bulls. I yeah. mean, you talk about yeah, row, absolutely. I mean, think about the run the Bulls had in the in the nineties. In I mean, they could have actually, if Jordan doesn't leave, that could have been extended. Possibly, you just never know. You never know what that situation would have looked like. But three and then three yeah. after a year hiatus. I mean, shoot, that's a great run in the nineties that they also had as well I, I will say you know, this the Lakers you look at the yeah. Lakers and, and their different runs as well but definitely the the, the Bulls you know there's a, a small there. asterisk there because people do say uh, a lot of people say six out of eight right for the Bulls and, and if Michael had played those other two years he did play in the playoffs one of those years and, and Houston still won so I, I do I mm-hmm. always want to mention that but it, it was it that was like 45 Jordan that wasn't 23 Jordan I mean he was coming back uh, and not fully in the full swing of things but uh, regardless either yeah I don't care what it is six of eight uh, with uh, with you know the, with the best players mm-hmm. of all time uh, certainly deserves to be in the conversation. Somebody at the text line points out Penn State volleyball. Uh, that's a great example too. After John Cook won his championship in 2006, Penn State rolled off four straight and six of eight from 2007 to 2014, uh, and then the next year Nebraska won uh, in 2015, and then again in 2017. So it's been kind of interesting there. Uh, Stanford also probably deserves to be in that conversation at least as of late. Three out of four from 2016 to 2019. So volleyball's kind of had theirs. Uh, I wanted to mention the Spurs uh, under Greg Popovich. Uh, certainly they were in the conversation for a long time. Um, and, uh, and 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 th- that was the thing. I mean, they were either they were either in the Western Conference Finals or they were in the finals and they were winning it all. No. Uh, they were just the you know just ultra competitive uh, for that long. So a lot of lot of fun discussion there as you can kind of think back of, of the great dynasties. I, I I still am just amazed that Nick Saban. I remember because you you mentioned the, the you know the '90s Huskers um, and there were other teams that kind of had those type of runs um, where you know you had like three to four year, four to five year dynasties or whatever. I, I was I I just I, I, there was a question like in the early 2000s as you know the Bobby Bowdens and the Joe Paternos and the Tom Osborns uh, were kind of fading away was you know are we ever going to see that type of dynasty again uh, and Nick Saban's just went above and beyond that to a level that we would never thought we would see before you know we'd never seen before and haven't seen since so it's just kind of amazing um, what he's been able to do I know Bud Wilkinson's Oklahoma team and through all the transitions too oh yeah I mean for him to do it through all the tra- 
transitions of all the different rule changes and all that different things like that that happen. Yeah, Nick Saban definitely, you know, he's make he makes the adjustments and still puts it in all the coaching turnovers. I mean, coaches that are going on and, and getting great jobs after leaving his program. And then you still have you still have the system, the culture. It is built and when they come in too, they get in where they fit in or get out you know yeah. that's 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 the one thing about Nick Saban's system too and while we're uh, focused on college football let's zero in on it because Paul Feinbaum said today the 95 Huskers was the best team he ever had seen kind of a surprise uh you, you know he you, I, I thought that I'm he'd not. pick about 25 SEC teams not that, that it's 95 Huskers just that Paul Feinbaum said it uh so we'll uh, <laughs> we'll get into that discussion uh I know you guys like to have it is the 95 Huskers the greatest football team of all time we'll talk about that next here on the block. Early break with Sip and Jake. Pleased and honored to be joined by Nebraska volleyball coach John Cook. If Trev wasn't interested, I would have done it in a heartbeat because I just felt like Nebraska athletic. We were at a, at a off the edge of the cliff. You know, we had to do something get somebody in here to build this athletic department back up. I thank my, thank my lucky stars every day that Trev's our, our guy now. Early break with Sip and Jake from 6 to 8 every weekday morning on 93.7 The Ticket. At first, I was really nervous and intimidated to buy a ring. I wasn't sure what I was getting into. My experience at Sarder Heyman was very easy. I felt like I walked out of Sarder Heyman with the ring that was going to make her go wow and say yes. I love my ring. It is so beautiful. I absolutely love my ring. I get compliments on it all the time. I always tell them Sarder Heyman. Yeah, we would definitely recommend Sarder Heyman. Yeah, it was great. We're definitely, definitely coming, coming back. back. <laughs> Sarder Heyman Jewelers, Lincoln and Grand Island, SarderHeyman.com. Acres Equipment, Nebraska's premier John Deere dealer. We support farmers, ranchers, landowners, local governments, contractors, and more. Largest inventory around, and we deliver. Precision Ag Specialists, creating the highest yields. Mobile technicians covering the state. And we're there for the home team on game day. Acres, solutions for every field. Hey, Steve. Welcome to Great Clips. Great Clips asks, what's the difference between good and great? Come on back and have a seat. Good asks you what haircut you'd like. I have all your details from last time. Would you like the same haircut today? Great already knows. With Clip Notes, we save your haircut details so you can get the same thing as last time, every time. Download our online check-in app today. Great Clips. It's going to be great. I was in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean when it happened. There was a sudden jolt and our submarine crashed on the seafloor. We were in total darkness. That's Dr. Dejana Figueroa, a marine biologist and STEM teacher, talking about a deep sea dive she'll never forget. It's funny, when I was a kid, I was afraid of the ocean. And there I was, two miles below the surface. But as a scientist, you prepare for that. Using our training and a little creativity, we fixed the sub and finished our experiments. The dive was just too important. Every dive gives us glimpses at things few people ever get to see. Blowing creatures, fiery undersea volcanoes. When we got back to the surface, I kissed the ground and called my mom, of course. But you know what? I wouldn't trade that dive for anything. Dr. Figueroa uses her passion for STEM to discover new things and make the world a better place. She can STEM, so can you. Check out She Can STEM for more stories and inspiration. 
A message from the Ad Council. Shopping for insurance can be a tedious and frustrating task, but the agents at Brokers Insurance Agency will do the work for you. They have partnered with over 20 of the best insurance carriers in the nation, which allows them to do the shopping all for you. Whether you're looking for business insurance or employee benefits for your company, or you're looking to save money on your home and auto insurance, Brokers Insurance Agency has the agents and solutions to help meet your goals. Call 402-420-5353 or email staff at brokersinsurancene.com. Landmark Implement, your local John Deere dealership, is hosting their annual planter clinic at the Adams County Fairgrounds in Hastings, Nebraska, February 23rd and 24th. Landmark's planter clinic offers expansive equipment training and important information on new and updated technology for this planting season. Learn more about AMS documentation and guidance, row unit and meter settings, and soil moisture monitoring options. Join us February 23rd and 24th in Hastings, RSVP by calling your local Landmark. You hear that? That's the sound of extremely tender and delicious beef from certified Piedmontese. Prime-grade tenderness with a fraction of the fat and calories of normal beef. It's Nebraska-raised product and the official beef of Nebraska Athletics. Change the way you buy beef today at the Mercado by certified Piedmontese. Just north of 84th and Havelock or at cpmercado.com. Back to On the Block with Stricken Bach on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Welcome back on the block here on 93.7 The Ticket. I'm Jake Bakovin. He is Eric Strickland, and we're jumping back in time to a place where all Husker fans feel nice and cozy. The 90s. <laughs> to talk about 1995 Huskers. Uh, Paul Feinbaum today, surprisingly, the SEC analyst uh, who usually will, will spew anything out of his mouth, uh, pro SEC, decided to take a, a to be honest, I suppose, maybe for, uh, for this uh, for this talk, and, and said that the 1995 Huskers was, was the best team that he's ever seen, um, which I, I thought was quite surprising um, to hear just from Paul Feinbaum, not necessarily that. That, it, that, it, that that team doesn't deserve to be in the conversation. Um, but it's kind of interesting to have you, Eric Strickland, along with us here um, to, to, to talk to somebody that was on campus, that was there, and obviously very much in the athletic department of the time uh, watching that team. You said before, you know, uh, kind of everybody in the athletic department um, – I don't want to say played second fiddle, but I mean, the Nebraska football team were, were kings, you know, walking on campus at that point in time. Um, what what was kind of the order? Did, did you have a, a sense at the time that they might be one of all, the all-time greats? I don't want to say I didn't. I thought they, I, I, you know, I, I wouldn't have said the all-time greats at that time because it still was so fresh. It was so new. Uh, at the moment, but then as you began to watch and look back and look at history and look at what they've accomplished, you began to see that. I mean, Sean Merriman of BTN.com, he's an, he's an editor and a group over there. I mean, they, they had them number one as well. Um, you know, then they had the 92 Trojans, the, the 2001, which that was a solid team as well, the Hurricanes. Uh, then they had uh, 61 uh, tied and then the 99 uh, Seminoles uh, at number five. And, and so, but when you looked at that Husker team, right, you just saw just complete dominance. It didn't matter. I, I, I realized, I saw what they did to teams during the season um, in, 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 in the schedule that they had. And, and, and I began to look down at the team, but, but looking at the schedule, you know, they beat 
you know, a couple top 10 teams in the big, uh, uh, in, in, in the Big 8 at that time. I mean, they beat a number 8 Kansas State. Not only beat them, but they beat them 49-25. to 25. I mean, then they beat, you know, Colorado, which was number 7 at the time, 44-21. to 21. And then they beat another top 10 team in Kansas. They weren't even number 1 after beating those top 2 teams. They were number 2. Then they beat another, a Kansas team. And that was uh, in November 4th. That was the first time... Uh, they got to number one. Then they beat that Kansas team 41 to three, which was number 10 at the time before two days, just a couple, you know, a couple of games before they got to Florida in which they demolished. They killed Oklahoma 37 to zero. And then they mashed this Florida. Everybody was talking about athletic. They're, they're too fast. They got all these, you know, great players, this and that. And they literally demolished them 62 to 24. But then when you look back at just some of the, the history of that season, and they scored 638 points, they, they freaking the, the, the one game that they, um, they had the closest margin of victory and that was against Washington state playing against their fourth string. I mean, freaking you had, um, you had Lawrence Phillips who was uh, suspended for the majority of the season, only played five games. Then you have an emerging Amon green come in and rush for over a thousand yards. But then behind that you had Clinton Childs who goes nuts for, I think almost 400. And then Damon Benning, you had four running backs that were very able and capable at that time. So they score 638 points. They average 53 points a game. <laughs> my Brock. Come on, Brock. That's crazy. Only giving up 14 points or 15 points a game, 174 the whole year. And their average margin of victory is still a record. It's still today a record for, um, for division high one uh, college football at 38.6 points spread. A margin of victory that is sick I don't care what you say and they did it running the ball Tommy Frazier he didn't pass but for over like um what about 2,000 yards for the whole season if, if I'm if I'm correct Tommy Fra- no actually he only passed for 1,362 yards so that means they're lining up every time they come in you know exactly what's coming and they run it down your throat and they had nothing you could do about it the offensive line everybody and their mama was going to the NFL <laughs> it seems like didn't and allow a sack of- all year huh? not a sack not one one not one all year and those are just crazy statistics, bro. They had 17 different offensive players score a touchdown, 14 different players that had at least an interception. Jeez. 12 different players sacked a quarterback that year. That's Grant Wistrom. And then you and when you look at their when you look at their um their depth chart, right? Which was sick, right? Terrell Farley was at the week. He was a beast. Tony Velen goes to the league, free safety. Michael Booker at the corner goes to the league, first round. Uh, Tyrone Williams goes to the league, the Green Bay, first round. Mike Minter goes to the league, first round. But not only Grant Wistrom go to the league, in, in the, I believe he might have been in the first or the third round. He was first round. And then Jer- he was in the first two. Yeah. Then you have Chick, Chad Kelsey behind him goes to the league. You have the Peter brothers leading the charge. And then Mike Rucker was the third on the depth chart at defensive end. He goes to the league. 
So, I mean, come on, bro. It was just that that's it's just crazy. Lawrence Phillips is a lead back, but Amon Green shows up. And again, I just talked about that situation all the way down to the place kicker, bro. Chris yeah. Brown. I mean, just, <laughs> I just, 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 just stop the madness. The madness is too crazy for me right now. Let's, uh, and let's, I was on campus with all of that. I was oh, loving yeah. it. <laughs> and we'll get more of your, your campus thoughts uh, here in a second. Let's go to the Honda Lincoln hotline, 402-464-5685. If you want to chime in on the discussion, James, uh, what are you thinking today? Okay, I got. I just got into the car while you guys were talking about this, so if you already said this, I apologize. But do you guys know how many punt return yards Nebraska's opponents had in 1995? Twelve. Oh, you got it. <laughs> That's amazing. That's my favorite stat. I mean, so they five times they punted that whole games. year. They played oh, twelve my. games. They gave up 12 total return yards. It's insane. And, of course, you were just rattling them off, Strick. So that team was – it was nuts with their statistics, and I just don't think any team's ever going to do it again. So, of course, I'm a Nebraska homer, and I'll fight till the day I die that they were the no best doubt. ever. So, good combo, no guys. Doubt. Thanks. Yeah, thanks, for Thank the, uh, thanks for Listen, this. Listen, I just got chills just thinking about it, bro. I, I, I've watched film on this team, and this is this is the one thing that I saw that I'm hoping to see again in Nebraska football is – when that ball was pitched or it went to the, down the tackle or it was going on an option or if it there was always six people around the ball. Oh, yeah. I mean, they freaking flew to the ball like madmen. And it was crazy. Their DBs, it was locked down. It was, you know, there, there was just there was no getting deep. The safeties were phenomenal. Then the linebackers were crazy in the in the blitz packages they put together. You say what you will, bro. Yeah. I, I, I would love to look at the tackles for loss stats. That go, you know, if we could find that, you would see that there were probably games where they had less rush yards. They only gave up 71, 71 yards in, in the rush game, and I think maybe like five touchdowns or, or something like that uh, total rushing the whole year. It's crazy. Uh, yeah, it's ridiculous, and it's it's fun to hear those stories too. If you if you haven't listened to the captain yet on on ninety three seven, the ticket Rashawn Jackson, three time uh, champion with those teams, uh, you know, and he and he brings a lot of those older guys back. And it, it, just the stories they have about the scout teams uh, who at oh, every yeah. level had two or three ten year NFL vets on them. I mean, it was it, it was just it's just nuts. The culture was it, you know, it was such a winning culture that like the competition was just off the roof. Uh, if you just wanted to get in for a snap. So, I mean, it, it was crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's head to, Oh, we lost Derek there. Sorry about the noise there. Maybe double check. <laughs> I think we lost Derek. Uh, Derek, if you're out there listening, uh, maybe try to give us a call back and we'll get you uh, get your thoughts on the line. Um, for what it's worth, there are people out there that will argue. Other teams out there, the 2001 Miami Hurricanes probably come up uh, more than anybody because their, their, their roster was just absolutely stacked. I mean, to go up and down yeah. and, and look at it, it, it really it still blows your mind if you go back and you watch those guys in their NFL careers. I, I think what holds them back in the discussion is that they, unlike Nebraska, they played a few close games. Like Nebraska beat everybody and just destroyed top 10 opponents left and right. Um, those Hurricanes struggled with Boston College, who was not a very good team, mm-hmm. an unranked team at the time. Um, they they need an interception to, to preserve that win. Uh, same thing against Virginia Tech that year. So uh, as, as great on the depth chart as they were, uh, I think the Huskers prevail in, in, in my mind over the Hurricanes there. The, uh, the 
the LSU team of a few years ago with Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. Of course, they were highlighted with the Super Bowl here uh, in the last year. That's another team that that probably deserves to be in the discussion, in my mind, as, mm-hmm. a, as a top five type yeah. of team because they beat uh, – these teams didn't all finish in the top ten, but they beat seven teams while they were in the top ten that season on their way to an undefeated season. Uh, obviously ended up with the, the victory over Oklahoma in the, in the playoffs and then Clemson in the championship game. Um, so I think as far as the late, you know, lately, the last couple of years, I think LSU certainly has an argument there. You mentioned some of those other teams, um, you know, the, the USC team of 2004. I think, you know, you have the, the two Heisman Trophy winners there with Matt Leinart and Reggie Bush. Um, they probably have an argument. The 1971 Huskers actually often come up in this discussion as well as a team probably that deserves to be mentioned. Uh, let's go back. I think we have Derek uh, this time on the Hot Nova Lincoln Hotline. Derek, it's been a struggle to get you on, but we, we got you here. What are you thinking? Are you, are you still there, Derek? Man, there is some sort of problem. We're just not – it's going to be difficult to hear from Derek. Derek's not feeling this. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's called in three times now, and one way or the other, we just can't uh, – we can't seem well, to get him there. Well, until we get Derek in, I mean, I think there's something to also look at, right? You know, the Sporting News Player of the Year was Tommy Frazier. The John Unitas Golden Arm was Tommy Frazier. The UPI Player of the Year was Tommy Frazier. The Maxwell Award or winner was Tommy Frazier. First team <laughs> All-Americans were three of them, Tommy Frazier, Aaron Graham, and Jared Thomas. Then you had – um, the second team was Terrell Farley. Third team was Grant Wistrom, Aaron Taylor. Honorable mentions was Chris Dishman, uh, Amon Green, who was the backup, I, I dare say, who became the starter only by way of, of suspension. Christian Peter. And then you have uh, Tommy Freire, the big eight to- uh, player of the, uh, of the year, newcomer of the year, Terrell Farley. Amon Green, freshman of the year, newcomer freshman or newcomer of the year, Amon Green. And then all, look, look. The whole team was first team all Big Eight, bro. I mean, <laughs> Eric Anderson, Chris Dishman, Terrell Farley, Tommy Frazier, Aaron Graham, Amon Green, Christian Peer, Aaron Taylor, Jared Thomas, Tyrone Williams, and Grant Wistrom. Second team, the whole team basically lit up the board as far as all Big Eight. I mean, they, did they have room for anybody else on the squad? They had top ten uh, teams within those those players uh, in in that realm also. So it's this it. it that team was just, bro. I get, I get excited. I get excited just thinking about that, and 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 probably my 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 best friend Cluster Johnson, doggone, led the team in receiving yards at like three hundred and sixty something yards. Oh yeah, when they decided to pass, they were a lot of times just wide open, like the other team couldn't wide see open. it coming. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Look, okay, here we go. Hopefully, this time we got Derek on the line. Derek, are you there? Hey, I'm here, guys. Can you hear me? Okay. We can hear you. We can hear you. Hey, you know, and you said Cluster Johnson. I tell you, Strickland, there's nothing better than to see that smile that that kid had on his face 24-7. It just, that brings chills back to me. But here's a, something I'm going to throw out. It's not necessarily, you're right, the 95 team could probably, they could have probably hung with the 49ers that year. But, I, you know, I wonder if Nebraska hadn't been screwed over in the Orange Bowl in January of 94, after Tommy's first season, 93, how would that team rank in terms of all-time greatness? I'm interested to hear your take on that, guys. 
Yeah, thanks for the call. Um, obviously, that would have been the you know the beginning of the dynasty, and you would have the Butkus Award winner, Trev Alberts, uh, of course, the current athletic director, and, and some other guys um, that didn't quite extend to the '95 season in there. So um, I think that I think that's a good point, to, and maybe something that gets overlooked a little bit. Um, obviously, because Nebraska didn't quite up, end up winning that game, and then the other part of it, I think, is that <laughs> Nebraska has been screwed over. I, I don't want to say screwed over. I suppose the one loss teams that you put up there as far as Nebraska's like list of great one loss teams a lot of people again will go back to the 1999 team that we talked about earlier the 1983 team of course when they went for two and to the outright championship instead of splitting the championship there um, is going to go down all uh, you know not just in Nebraska but as all, one of the all time greats as far as one of the best you know one loss teams in history but um, yeah that 1993 team probably has a, a bit of, a, of an argument as well um, I think the one thing that hold them back and, and one thing that helped the 1995 Huskers was the strength of the conference right you ended up with four teams including Nebraska in the top 10 whereas in 1993 you, you had uh, three teams finish in the top 20 but not necessarily uh, top 10 type of team so I, I think that um, you know it, it's good to remember back on them and then the other thing is you know some of the close games um, you know UCLA was pretty close the, the Kansas game was pretty close again as a pair as opposed to the 95 team where they just destroyed everybody but it does worth a mention it is worth a mention because I think that team is overlooked. I know some people believe if that field goal had gone in, that maybe they wouldn't have the motivation that that was required to come back and win those in 94 or 95. But who knows? Maybe they could have added, you know, it, it could have been four and five years there for the Huskers. To be honest, Bach, that, that, that game shouldn't have even come down to a field goal. I yeah. mean, they were there were some... <laughs> mysterious calls oh, that went on instant in that game, replay bro. that game would have been completely oh my gosh it was uh, i mean there was phantom blocking in the back calls it was it was kind of like they was trying to give bobby bowden one bro i don't it just felt yeah. like that that's how i felt in my heart because i'm like come on man there i mean that run back that 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 um you know, punt return for the touchdown. And then there was all kinds of just phantom calls, bro, that was just coming out of the woodworks. And I just, no, I don't even think it should have come down to the field goal, to be honest. Yeah. That's I, just my, that's my opinion. No, I mean, I, I think most of the state agrees. And I told Charlie Ward about it too. When I played with the Knicks with him, I said, no, bro, y'all didn't get that one, bro. No, we did. No, my boy, you didn't get that one. <laughs> but it was cool. That one. Did you, did you ever uh, like, I, I guess I don't know what you would do. Maybe play like two hand touch with Charlie, but to play with a dual threat athlete that was that good uh, was, was he pretty? I mean, did he ever did he bring up football? Obviously, often obviously Nebraska was still kind of you know pretty close to the top of their heyday when you were playing with him. Now Charlie, Charlie was he was a very just no nonsense, quiet, keep to himself. I, I don't even know how he was a top quarterback like that because I, I don't know how his cadence. Would <laughs> he was just so quiet and just reserved, and he just sat there and he was just so docile, and he just he just kind of just went about his way and yeah. his thing. So I, I was I, I was like, how does your cadence like do it too? How, how, how do you do that? Because 
I barely sometimes heard him say 13. He would say 13 with his fingers. I mean, we (laughs) (laughs) calling out the place. (laughs) I did want to run through one time because it's always worth doing it. Uh, I, I, I think that, uh, that Tom Osborne would coach circles around Larry Coker for what it's worth. Um, but this Miami team, it's just fun to run through, uh, that roster before we get done the 2001 Miami team, obviously coached by Ken Dorsey. The running back room had Clinton Portis, Frank Gore, Willis McGahee, and Najee Davenport. It was hard for Najee to get any carries. That's crazy. It's crazy. You didn't get any reps. Yeah. Bryant McKinney. Bryant McKinney was uh, blocking for him. Kellen Winslow and Jeremy Shockey uh, were the tight ends. Andre Johnson out at wide receiver. On the defensive side, you had Vince Wilfork, Ed Reed, Sean Taylor, Jonathan Vilma, and Philip Buchanan. I mean, and, and, and there's more. I mean, there's more guys. Um, but just a lot of those guys went to become all pros. So I, I think a lot of times, and somebody on the text line did say this, you know, maybe the most talented team uh, was uh, the Miami of 2001, but probably the, the best, the most dominant team uh, was. 1995 Nebraska so sometimes it just kind of depends on how you word it but uh, like I said I, I, I think I give Nebraska the edge there uh, either way because one because I'm in Nebraska and two though very seriously because Nebraska didn't play close to anybody they destroyed everybody and Miami mm-hmm. uh, fiddled around with a few teams that year so uh, I still think 95 Nebraska is the best of all time we were going to have to take a quick break we did uh, we are up against it unfortunately but on the other side uh, you're going to want to give us a call right now because your chance to win $15 to Buffalo Wings and Rings is here. Uh, it, the topic today, I believe, is Heisman trophies as well. So uh, we've been kind of talking about college football. We'll, we'll keep that theme going. Give us a call, 402-464-5685. The first to do so, I mean, call right now uh, because the first to do so will have the chance uh, to beat Strick in our game show and uh, and take home the chicken. That's coming up next here. Shoot out with Strick on 93.7 The Ticket on On The Block. Shopping for insurance can be a tedious and frustrating task, but the agents at Brokers Insurance Agency will do the work for you. They have partnered with over 20 of the best insurance carriers in the nation, which allows them to do the shopping all for you. Whether you're looking for business insurance or employee benefits for your company, or you're looking to save money on your home and auto insurance, Brokers Insurance Agency has the agents and solutions to help meet your goals. Call 402-420-5353 or email staff at brokersinsurancene.com. Hey, ticket listeners, it's Cristiano Simonetta, the voice of the Lincoln Stars. Join head coach Rocky Russo and I for Outside the Box every Tuesday from 8 to 9 p.m. talking stars, hockey, and more. Outside the Box every Tuesday from 8 to 9 p.m. 93.7 The Ticket, Fox KFXL Weather. Sponsored by John Henry's Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. Your first alert weather forecast tonight, cloudy and cooler. Overnight lows, 30. A colder day and cloudy Wednesday. The winds pick up out of the north gusting to 30. Highs only around 36. I'm MTV Chief Forecaster Ken Fountain for 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Today on Hey Culligan, why does your team stink? Here's Coach Waters. Hey Culligan. Yeah, my team stinks. Ooh, harsh. No, no, no. I mean they stink. They won't hit the showers because it makes their skin all dry and itchy. Coach, it sounds like your guys have been hit hard by hard water. You kidding me? Hard water? Yep. So let's call an audible in the form of one Culligan Smart High Efficiency Water Softener to get the smooth back in their skin and the stink out of your team. Okay, Culligan, I'm putting you in. Coach, we're already on the way. Go to CulliganLincoln.com and schedule your free water test today. 
Alano's businesses need reliable communication, both at the office and at home, now more than ever. Just listen to Bill Michener from Lighthouse. Before we'd have breaks in service, especially for internet, but we've never had any issues with Allo. It's always been there and available when we needed it. At Allo, supporting your business is our business. To get your free quote and switch today, visit allofiber.com slash workfast or call 402-480-6685 today. You can search online for hours to find the best electricians in Lincoln and the surrounding area. But I'll save you time. High Electric has been serving their customers for 30 years for both residential and commercial properties. They're experts in everything electrical, from remodeling to new additions, hot tub installations, electric vehicle chargers or EV chargers, lighting, ceiling fans, and more. High Electric takes jobs from Beatrice to Omaha and all towns, big or small, in between. Call them today at 402-466-6606 or learn more at highelectric.com. Southeast Community College has learning centers in Falls City, Hebron, Nebraska City, Plattsmouth, Wahoo, and York so that you can take credit and non-credit classes at a center nearby without having to travel an hour or more to campus. By taking online classes and those at a learning center, you can earn your degree from SEC where and when it's convenient for you, all at a cost that won't stand in the way of your education. Learn more about SCC's learning centers at southeast.edu slash learning centers. SCC, your path to possible. Hey, Steve. Welcome to Great Clips. Great Clips asks, what's the difference between good and great? Come on back and have a seat. Good asks you what haircut you'd like. I have all your details from last time. Would you like the same haircut today? Great already knows. With Clip Notes, we save your haircut details so you can get the same thing as last time, every time. Download our online check-in app today. Great Clips. It's going to be great. Landmark Implement, your local John Deere dealership, is hosting their annual planter clinic at the Adams County Fairgrounds in Hastings, Nebraska, February 23rd and 24th. Landmark's planter clinic offers expansive equipment training and important information on new and updated technology for this planting season. Learn more about AMS documentation and guidance, row unit and meter settings, and soil moisture monitoring options. Join us February 23rd and 24th in Hastings, RSVP by calling your local Landmark. It's time to play Shootout with Strick. Call now, 464-5685, to take your shot against Eric Strickland. Shootout with Strick, brought to you by Buffalo Wings and Rings. Time to play the game! (laughs) It is time for Shootout with Strick. Give us a call, 402-464-5685. Eight five. That's the Honda of Lincoln Hotline. The first to do so will have a chance to win fifteen dollars to Buffalo Wings and Rings. So once again, that number is four zero two four six four five six eight five. Even if you lose the game show, you still have a chance to win fifteen dollars to Buffalo Wings and Rings because then the third caller uh, will will get it. So we'll, we'll warn you, and then you hang up, and then and then give it give it a go. But of course, you don't want to have the loser mentality, anyways. You need to come in with confidence. Today we are uh, talking uh, or Heisman's Heisman Trophy winners will be. Uh, the theme today on Shootout with Strick. Strick, how do you feel about your confidence uh, talking Heisman trophies? I know a little bit. I know quite a bit about guys. I, I, I was pretty familiar with that, so I, I think I've got a, a good eye for it. 
All right, yeah, yeah, feeling pretty good. And, of course, yesterday you, you got all six points, and then the contestant also got all six points, and so it went to a tiebreaker. So a very successful day uh, on a Monday. We'll see if you can keep that streak. Maybe all week you'll just get all the points, and, and it'll be pretty <laughs> difficult for anybody to win. Uh, still have a contestant, though. Give us a call right now, 402-464-5685. Uh, somebody's got to call in and try to win this chicken. It, it's uh, Otherwise, I'll just take it home. I'll go. I guess I'll take my Man. wife out and get $15 to Buffalo Wings and Rings and uh, it's, it's a good deal altogether, but uh, I, I don't think the company will let me do that. So you, you guys got to give us a call, 402-464-5685. We'll start with you, Strick, to get to, to get your point total up there, and, and then we'll see what uh, what these guys think, what somebody thinks to uh, if they can top it. So are you ready to start shootout with Strick? Okay, let's go. Let's All try. right, it's going to start in three, two, one. Who was the first freshman to win the Heisman, Lamar Jackson or Johnny Manziel? Menzel. That's correct. Which Heisman winner holds the record for most first place votes? OJ Simpson or Cam Newton? OJ Simpson. That's correct. Ricky Williams won the Heisman in 1998 for what school? Miami or Texas? Texas. That's correct. Ohio State, Oklahoma, and this school are tied for the most Heisman winners. Alabama or Notre Dame? Notre Dame. That's also correct. This is the only Alabama quarterback to ever win the Heisman. Mac Jones. Oh, it was actually Bryce Young this past year. You were that close freaking, to being undefeated. I, knew, I just couldn't get his <laughs> freaking name out of my mind. I knew it was him, but I couldn't freaking get it. Well, at least you, you put up a, a good number. Four points uh, will be will be. So it'll be a little bit difficult, but uh, still don't have a contestant. Four zero two four six four five six eight five. Maybe we'll have a. Maybe we'll just try to get Sorensen in here to try to to compete with, with Strick today. Uh, Scott says off the text line, people are afraid of Strick. Uh, that might be the case. Four points is is, is is doable, though. I mean, you still have the opportunity um, to, to if, you, if you get them all right. Or or you could just miss one and get the money ball. You're still right there with Don't five points. Don't be afraid of Stricky. I'm a, I'm a little <laughs> teddy bear. I mean, I know. Now, see, they used to be scared of me bringing the ball up the court, but you guys don't have to be scared of me oh, on yeah. this. <laughs> you know, you don't have you. I mean, I know you're worried about seeing flawless victory. Oh, I don't know. worry yeah. about that. You might <laughs> You might just get the stone cold. Can I get a hell yeah? <laughs> yeah, we need we need stone cold. We need to hear stone cold. So uh, hopefully we get that uh, stone cold. I, for what it's worth, wrestling fans are probably there's maybe three of them listening to us. But uh, he's he's coming back to wrestling, so I'm pretty excited about that. Just for I think it's just for one time show. But even still, it'll be fun to hear that uh, hear the glass break and him come out. Um, I think we have some callers. I don't know if we're <laughs> I don't know if we have a problem uh, with the phones. I'll see if we can get our contestant's name on there. Okay, it's Mark. Mark, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you? Oh, not too bad. Thanks for calling in and saving us here. We're looking for a contestant. Can I get a hell yeah? Not bad. Not bad for you guys. I know, I know. Sometimes it just it's just like that. Uh, but for your empathy, uh, you have a chance to win $15 to Buffalo Wings and Rings. So you got to get four points. Are you ready to go? Okay. All right, here we go in three, two, one. Who holds the largest margin of victory for Heisman winner, Joe Burrow or Troy Smith? Burrow. That's correct. What academic year did Tim Tebow win his first and only Heisman sophomore or junior? Junior. It's actually sophomore. This is the youngest player to ever win the Heisman, Marcus Mariota or Lamar Jackson? Uh, Mariota. It was actually Jackson. This running back forfeited the award in 2005, Troy Smith or Reggie Bush? Uh, Troy Smith. It's actually Reggie Bush. This Ohio State running oh. back is the only player to win the Heisman twice. 
Say it again. Oh, sorry. It was a, it was a quick one. Archie Griffin. Yeah, it was the only. It was the Ohio State running back to be the only player to win the Heisman twice, and it Let's did end up being straight. Archie Griffin. So, uh, oh, Strick. Mark, Four. yeah, Strick. I'll get your your victory count here in a second. Mark, thank you for calling in Thanks, and Mark. playing. You're still going to get an opportunity to win, though. Once I say uh, to, to go ahead and hang up now, but once I say caller number three, uh, then you can then you guys can call in, and the third caller will win the chicken. So I'll drop this call real quick. Uh, all right, now, yeah, yeah, now, caller number three will win the chicken on behalf of Strick. Strick, you've earned yourself some shout-outs here uh, for your victory today. Boom shakalaka! Flawless victory. <laughs> a big victory, uh, rebounding from your perfect I needed that from yesterday. that loss yesterday. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. and overall, I, like I mean. the Husker women's basketball team right now got a big victory. I should start counting your point total for the week because you're already up to 10. That's a lot of points in just two games. Uh, but it is what it is. We'll take a quick break because uh, we are up against it once again. But when we come back, uh, we'll jump into some more uh, some more of this uh, college football talk. we got a good theme going on here. Uh, how about this specifically? How many Big Ten quarterbacks would you choose before Casey Thompson? Uh, Athlon did an article ranking the quarterback Casey Thompson within the Big Ten. So we'll break that down, kind of give us our own thoughts. Also talk a little bit about Adrian Martinez, uh, who didn't want his broken jaw story out, and if that reflects poorly on Coach Frost. Uh, it's kind of the, the storyline of the day here for Husker football. We'll talk about all that stuff coming up next in the 5 o'clock hour on The Block.